Good morning. How are you? All three of you over here. So there's somebody on this side. Yeah. I don't know. What is it about the rain? Just makes you want to snuggle up in a blanket and just be quiet, doesn't it? All right. Well, it's not raining in here, so we're good and we're warm and all that kind of stuff. Isn't the weather just... Well, I just wanted to get into that. Just amazing how much it can make a difference in our mood, isn't it? You kind of the gloomy or sunny or snowy or whatever. It kind of has a, a way of uh, making us feel certain ways. But I'm glad you're here today. And uh, as we're inside where it's dry uh, and warm, I want to tell you something before we get started on the message this morning. Just you may have noticed again as you come in, we have the service Sunday and we've talked about that for a while. And uh, we try to do that every first Sunday of the month just to emphasize the different areas that we have available for you to be able to serve in. Now, the cool thing is in, in, in our situation that based on our average attendance, we have about 90% of our average attendance serving somewhere. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? I mean, that, those, are, those are good if you're talking about numbers. Those are good numbers to show that you guys who are coming on a regular basis uh, that you're, you're really involved, and there are a bunch of them helping out uh, today. But there still might be some of you who, uh, who are not. Maybe you're, you're, you're new here or fairly new here. Uh, and so we want to give you an opportunity to be able to find a place of service. And so what you can do is go to that table. And today we're kind of emphasizing the area of Freedom Kids. There are so many opportunities for you in that area. You don't have to just be a teacher. There, there are ways to be a helper and to be involved in the kids in large group settings, small group settings. There are just a lot of opportunities for you to be able to minister to those kids. And so if that even strikes your fancy in some way, if you love kids, that's like the, that's like the thing at the top. Now, if you would admit that you hate children and children make you sick and you, you feel like you're having a panic attack when you're around kids, this is not the area for you. But now you can set up stuff and you can do other things. But if you don't like kids, we don't want you with our kids. We want them to be loved, all right? So we don't want to put that stress on you. But if you like kids, you love kids, maybe say, well, I really don't feel like I know my Bible that good. Or maybe this. Don't, don't let that hinder you. The, the love for children is at the top. And then some of those other things, we can put you in an area where you can thrive and, and be able to minister to those kids. So if you're interested in that, you can go to the table. There'll be somebody there and you can find out more. Now, there's also other opportunities. We have all of the opportunities that we have listed. So maybe kids are not your thing, but you would think, you know, there is something else that I could do. And we have all the different areas that we have available. So you could also uh, request more information about that. We'd love for you to just jump in and get involved especially. Uh, maybe you've been involved in one area for a while and you're thinking, you know what, I'm not sure this is really the area I need to be in. Maybe you thought you liked kids until one of them threw up on you and then you decided, I really remember why I don't really like kids. And maybe you think you need to be transitioned to a different area. Don't quit. We'll, we'll help you find a different place to serve. But there are a lot of opportunities. We want you to be involved. Um, we, we say this all the time, and we really mean it, in this area as well. It's not that we want something from you. We want this for you. We want you to be able to uh, be able to come, be a part of what's going on. We want you to be able to serve. A lot of times you serve with a group of people. You get to know people a little better in that setting. And it's just an, uh, it's just an opportunity as, as we come as believers especially that we give of ourselves. And this is an opportunity for you to be able to do that. So check that table out up there. See if there's something, if you're not already involved, that would, uh, that would be of interest to you. 
Okay, we are, um, we're, we're continuing our series on, uh, called Interact, getting on the same page with God. And just kind of as a quick summary to remind you, we talked about just relationships in general. Any kind of relationship, there needs to be an interaction involved in order for that relationship to be healthy. And that interaction really needs to go both ways. A relationship can't be one-sided or it's going to be a very unhealthy relationship. And it's very similar to that with our relationship with God. And so the first thing we talked about was prayer, about really crying out to God, those things that that are on our heart, those things that are on our mind, that we really cry out to God and interact with Him as we communicate and develop our relationship with Him. And one of the key things that we talked about in that message was the idea is that prayer was never designed to work. You know, we hear people say, well, prayer really works. And I understand where people come from when they say that. But prayer, prayer's not, the, uh, the reason for praying is not so that it will work. The reason that we pray is so that we can have an interaction and develop a relationship with our God. That's the most important thing. And because when prayer's not answered, we really don't ever hear people say prayer really works, do we? That's usually only said if things go our way. So the goal of prayer is not for it to work. The goal of prayer is for us to develop a relationship with God and communication with Him as we interact with Him. And then the other thing that we talked about was listening to God. And one of the main things that emphasized in that message was that when we're thinking about uh, choices that we have to make with God, a lot of times the what is not in question. Like I might, the what might be clear for me thinking about, um, do I want to move from here to there? Do I want to do this or that? The what is oftentimes clear. Sometimes we have a problem with the who. We have a problem with understanding, well, I have this thought, I have this feeling, I have these choices. I'm trying to discern, I know the what, I'm trying to discern, is this really of God? So the what's clear, but we have to try and discern who is telling me this. Is this my own selfish desires, or is this really God speaking to me? So in listening to God, we are discerning, is this really coming from God? And we do talk about a lot of things. We, we can do that by reading our Bible, because we have God's Word to us, and that can help us discern if things are of God or not. Sometimes other people, like you may be in a life group, hopefully you're in a life group, and you may have questions or concerns or you need some direction, you can throw that out to your, your other fellow friends in the life group and you can get some collective wisdom from God, a lot of times from other people. And those are things that, that we talk about as far as listening to God. Now today, we're going to talk about asking for the right things. Now I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to know what to ask for especially in dealing with God. Have you ever struggled with that? Maybe, maybe you're asking God for something, and in the back of your mind you're thinking, I don't really know if God wants me to be asking for this. I don't know if I should be asking for this. Is it wrong to ask for this? And sometimes we may have that struggle. So I want to talk to you uh, today about asking for the right things. First of all, watch this clip. You may identify with this. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Everybody knows that. Well, did you know genies can be really literal? No. What is your wish? No. <laughs> okay. A million bucks. Oh, no. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Oh, you deer hunters are slobbering over that. Come on. Where are those deer, right? 
Now, you've seen that. We're not intending to advertise for Geico, obviously. But just the idea, do you wonder, sometimes maybe you wish you would have been more specific when you, when you pray to God. But they're, they're just when we ask for things, what is the right way? How do we ask things when we're asking about God? What does God want for us? Well, the goal of asking uh, God for anything, it's not about getting something or not getting something. It's similar when we talked about prayer. It's about interacting with God and getting on the same page with Him. So you may want to jot this down. In other words, here's kind of one of the main points of this message is that when asking God for anything, we can't make it about the request. When asking God for anything, we can't make it about the request. In other words, if the whole focus is on what we are asking for, then that's going to be a problem. And I'm going to share some scripture with you and show you a negative example of how people did this in the Bible and it didn't turn out real well for them. So when asking God for anything, you just keep that in your mind. If you're, if you're wondering, is this right, is this wrong, should I ask God for this or not, just ask yourself this question. When I'm asking God for anything, is my focus about the request? And it's important to understand that. Now, if you have a Bible, turn into uh, the book of 1 Samuel. That's some of the... Uh, where we've been the last several weeks. 1 Samuel chapter 8. It's going to be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. You may have it on your phone or however you had the Scripture recorded today. Turn there and follow along. But I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. Now this Again, this is a negative example of how people were so focused on the request and how it turned out not very well for them. Verses 1 through 5, it says, When Samuel became old... He had his sons judges over Israel. He made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. And they were judges in Beersheba. Yet his sons did not walk in his ways, but turned aside after gain. They took bribes and perverted justice. And then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old. And your sons do not walk in your ways. Now, appoint for us a king to judge us like all nations. Now, these were, uh, these were the elders. All our elders here, this is, take heed, right, what not to do. These were the elders, and, and they're coming to Samuel saying, Hey, you know, you're old, your kids are not doing the way they're supposed to. And, and it wasn't just a request, it really was a demand of them. Give us a king, appoint for us a king right now. And that was, that was the problem that they had. They, they wanted a king, and so they, they just asked for it, really demanded the king. So here's the thing to think about. Automatically, right up front, the very first part of this, their main focus is on the request. That's what they wanted. That's what they had their mindset on. That's all they could see. We want a king. All right? Now, Look at, uh, Jonathan, I'm skipping to verse 4. Look, look at verses uh, 10 through 18. They also ignored some very, very obvious warnings. Verses 10 through 18. Now, in between here, if you go back and skip a few verses, you can read where Samuel, he, he kind of goes before God and says, hey, they're wanting a king, and well, you know what I do, and tell them. So that you can go back and read those other few verses. But, but here, here's where it comes back. Where God, what God had told Samuel to do with them. Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. He said, 
These will be the ways the king who will reign will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. So here's this list. He's getting ready to give them. Okay, you want a king? If you have a king, here's the way the king's going to behave with you. This is what's going to happen. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his implements of war and the equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and for your vineyard and give it to his officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourself. But the Lord will not answer you in that day. Now I didn't necessarily emphasize it that much but if you go back and read that and just Everything that was going to happen had to do with the king taking something from them. Did you hear that? And so, so God sent Samuel to say, okay, you want a king? If you have a king, I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front. Here's what's going to happen. Now, I'm thinking, okay, how, how much more clear could that be? How much more obvious could it be? I mean, there's not anything in that that seems positive to me. There's, there's no benefit that the king was going to bring to these people, all right? So that's the, that's the warning. That's God saying, you want a king? All right, here's, here's what's going to happen if you get one. And then in verse 19 and 20, we have their response. They still demanded a king, verse 19. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, no, but there shall be a king over us, that we may also be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. Now, can you believe that? I mean, that's just all, just all negative. Hey, you want a king? All right, here's what's going to happen. Basically, you're going to be slave. You're going to lose just about everything you have. We're going to take your daughters. You're going to take all your, your animals that do work for you. You're pretty much going to be a slave to the king and, and you're going to work for him. And they say, yeah, okay, well, We'll take that. That just doesn't make sense, does it? Now, here's what I thought. I thought about maybe tell, giving you an analogy of like in your businesses. Just imagine if, if you, you have a business, you're running a business, you're interviewing people for a job, okay? And you're sitting down with this person, and every question you ask, they, they disagree with you. They don't give you any answer that you would like. Their behavior and everything from the get-go is horrible and negative, and there are red flags from the moment they start talking to the moment they leave the door. And when that person leaves the door, you turn to the people who are helping you interview, and you say, I think we got a winner. Let's hire that person, <laughs> right? And I thought, well, I'm not going to tell you that because this one's pretty obvious. <laughs> then God just says, hey, here's all the stuff that's going to happen. It's all negative. You're going to be slaves. You're going to take everything you've got. And they say, yeah, good idea. We still want a king because he's going to do this for us. Now, they were blinded by their own selfishness. And so, again, their, their, total, their total focus was on the request. And then, verse 22. 
it says, And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and make them a king. Samuel then said to the men of Israel, Go every man to his city. Now there's a whole message within that little part right there. But here's the thing. They demanded a king. It's their own. They're focused on the request. It's selfish. They're blinded. They're, they've got their mind made up of what they think they want. They are determined to get it. God gives them a warning trying to help them see the reality of what's going to happen if they go through with this. They ignore the warning. They say, we still want a king. And then God gives them what they think they want. And it doesn't turn out well for them. Now, we could say, ooh, bad people. <laughs> but I, as I read through it, my first reaction was, how could they be so stupid? How could they be so stupid? I mean, God clearly warned them what would happen if they did this, and they still did it anyway. And then as I, more I thought about that, I thought, well, you know what? I kind of fall in that category myself sometimes, don't I? There are things that God says, don't do this, don't do this, don't have this attitude, don't do this. And I know what happens, when I, and I, sometimes I still choose to do it. So we can't be too hard on them, but we don't have to follow their example all of the time. So here's what I want us to look at. So this is a perfect example of why we can't make the request of, uh, when we're asking God for something about the request. So here's the thing. They succeeded in the request. But they failed in the relationship. They got what they wanted. They got a king. That was what they wanted. That was the request. So they got what they wanted. But they failed in their relationship with God. They failed because they were really not what God wanted for them. They weren't really seeking God. They were just seeking a request. So they got what they wanted but they failed in the relationship with, with God. The fact is, they had a king, right? They had a king. The king was God. And they ignored him because of something else that they thought that they wanted. So listen, here's the thing that I want you to think about now. You kind of process all that. This whole concept of, of not focusing on the request, of when we ask of God, not making it only about the request, this whole concept to me is a, is a life principle that we can apply. And you may be here and you may say, yeah, I don't really believe in that God thing. I just come just because. And, you know, I'm not sure that I want to reply, apply this concept to my relationship with God because I don't believe in all that. Listen, if you throw all that out the window, I'm telling you, this is a life concept that you can apply to your life in any area practically of your life. All right? So don't tune out if you think, well, God's just, I'm just not interested. Just listen to this. You can apply this concept in any area of your life. Take your marriage, for example. If you're married, if your goal in your marriage is to win the argument, you might get your request, but you're going to miss on the relationship. Right? If your whole focus is, I want this, you might get what you want, but if you're not developing a relationship along the way, you're failing at the relationship. Apply it to your job. Your, your request, your desire, what you want might be to attain a certain level or either financially or status-wise. And if all you focus on is your request, 
You will probably do anything and everything to get what you want. You may ignore warnings from other people. You may be like these people here and you're just so blinded and focused and you just move on and you, you're only thinking about the request. You may get what you want at some point in your life. But you will miss out on the relationship. You will lose a lot in the area of relationship. It may be the people that you stepped on or manipulated on your way up the ladder that you lose relationship with. Some people have their mindset on certain things when they work for people or even in their own business. And they're dishonest and they do things illegal and they steal. They will cheat and they will lie. They will do anything because their focus is on the request. And you may get what you want at some point. But if you do that to get there, you will miss out on the relationship. You will lose a relationship with people that you have destroyed to get where you need to be. And you will most likely at some point lose the relationship you as an employee with your employer. Meaning you'll get fired. Or if it's your business and you do illegal things or whatever, you may not only lose your business, you may go to jail if you've done illegal things. So it's a life principle. We can't just have a request and make it all about the request. We can't just focus on that. Even if you have, uh, even in your friends, your relationship with your friends, if your focus is only on what you want to get out of the relationship, if you have desires and you're selfish and you're, the relationship with other people is it's all about me getting what I want and I will manipulate my friends in order to do that. I will tell them lies in order to get what I want. You may get what you want, but you will lose the benefit of the relationship along the way at some point. And this is exactly what they did with God. They were so focused, they were so sure this is what they wanted. They, did, they made their request about the request and not about seeking God and what he wanted for their lives. Now listen, this is, in, in my estimation, if we do this with God, it's a lose-lose situation, right? If I'm asking God for something, and it's all about the request, it's a lose-lose situation. Here's why. Like the people we just read about, if I'm ignoring God and focusing on the request, I might get what I want but I've left God out of the process. And so I've missed out on my relationship building process with him. That's a lose for me. If I get what I want, and, and I do get the request, um, then I've missed out on the relationship. If I don't get what I want, well, then I'm mad at God because it's been all about the request, right? God, you didn't give me what I wanted. You know, I, I wanted this, I prayed. I did these three little things. I practiced this little thing that everybody says you can do if you want to get more. And I said this and I quoted this verse. And it's all about the, re the request. And God doesn't grant it to you. Or well, then you're mad at God because you didn't get what you wanted. And that is a hindrance in your relationship with God. That's a lose-lose situation. And it's not a situation I don't think that we want to be in. So, how do we ask God for the right things? What are we supposed to do? How... What's the right way to do it? We've seen a great example of the wrong way to do it, right? 
So what is the right way to do it? Well, you don't have to turn here, but look, there's a couple of scriptures in the New Testament, I think, that are important when thinking about this concept. And you may know this one, Matthew 6.33. You can just look at it on the screen. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And it's kind of talking about, and before that, about um, food and clothing and those kinds of things. But I think the same concept applies, and the basic concept is this, that when we are seeking God, that's what we need to be doing. All the other stuff really doesn't matter. It's about our relationship with God. So what's the right way to ask for God? Make sure that when we're asking, we're not focusing on the re- only on the request. Make sure that we're asking in a way that helps develop our relationship with God. That it's allowing us to seek what, we, what God really wants for us and not just focusing on the request. So we... we we, here's another thing to think about. We have to view the request as an opportunity to draw closer to God and to know his heart, not an opportunity for me to get something, right? I, I'm a, you know, I just, I cringe. I hear messages at times and people who represent religious organizations and, and they just kind of say, if you'll do this, 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 and this, then God has to do this for you. You know, if you'll give this, God will give it back to you because he has to. God doesn't have to do anything. And he's far more interested, what I can determine reading the Bible, he's far more interested in our relationship with him than the things that we have. Now, he's not against stuff, but we can't focus just that. So if we uh, more... Uh, have the view of a request with God as opportunity to draw closer to him and know his heart, well, guess what? That's a win-win situation, right? The other was a lose-lose. This way is a win-win. The scenario would be this. I'm seeking God. I'm focusing on building my relationship with him. There is a request here, but that is not the focus. My focus is developing my relationship with him. If I get what I want, God decides to grant that to me. It's a win-win. I've gotten what I want. And my relationship with God has been developed. That's a win-win. If I don't get what I want, guess what? It's still a win for me because along the way, maybe I didn't get the request, but I have grown in my relationship with God, and that's what really matters. That is a win for me. So that is a win-win situation. So seek first the kingdom of God. That whole concept, I think, is important. Then there's another scripture in John, chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And it says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That's Jesus talking. Now, that's not, it's not just a flippant kind of, just ask whatever you want to, and at the end of your request, throw in the tagline in Jesus' name, right? Oh, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. In Jesus' name, now, I've got God in a box. He's got to do what I said because I said in Jesus' name. That's not what it means. The idea of being in Jesus' name means being in conjunction with what he wants, in conjunction with what God would want for us. We don't ask for things that are against what we know that God would want for us and then say in Jesus' name and expect God to grant that. If we are lucky unlike the people here that we read about, when we ask for stupid things and things that we don't deserve, we are lucky if God decides not to give it to us. Sometimes he will give us stupid things if we ask. That's an example of that, right? 
So, so as we think about the scripture and what's going on here with this is just the idea of asking in Jesus' name. Not just saying the word, but being in conjunction with what God wants for us. And here, here's, here's something that I thought about. It's not the best example. You know, the problem with uh, earthly examples is they're earthly examples. But, but here's something that I thought about. This idea of asking in Jesus' name and focusing on God and not the request is similar to when somebody registers at a store for something. For example, in my family, there's going to be a wedding in March. And so a wedding couple can go to a store and they can register there and they can pick out things in the store that they would like to have as gifts so that if any of you, anybody wants to go and buy a gift for that person, they can go to the registry and they can search amongst things that they have already decided that they wanted. So if you buy something on that list, it's a pretty good chance you're going to make them happy because they've already indicated that's something they would like. It takes the guesswork out of it for you, right? You don't have to wonder. It doesn't have to be that awkward Christmas tie that everybody's afraid to take back, right? Here, Dad, here's another tie. Thanks. That's awesome. Put it in the closet with the other 60 ones that you haven't wore yet, right? So it's this idea of you are, you are getting something that you know somebody has already said they wanted. Now, it's similar, I think, with God, when we're asking of things for God, when we're asking in Jesus' name, it's similar with God in that He has already in writing for us in His Word, in the Bible, in the Scripture, God already has in writing things that He wants for us. So there are things that it's a no-brainer. We don't have to wonder, is this what God wants for me? There are things already that He has established concerning our behaviors and our attitudes as it deals with joy and abundant life. And you can go on. As a matter of fact, as I was doing it, I thought man, that would be a really good sermon series just to have the things that God wants for us. And just look at the Bible of what God says he wants for us. But maybe you can do that. But here's the thing. There are a lot of things there already. It's like God has gone and put in the registry the things that he would want for us. And so when we're asking, we don't have to take a guess about it. We can look and see, oh, this is what God wants for us. In Jesus' name is the concept of, since he wants that for me, I'm going to ask him to give that to me. And so then you know, when I'm asking for that thing or that request, that's in conjunction already with what I know God wants, and why wouldn't God want to give me that, right? So then it doesn't become about the request, it becomes about knowing God's heart and what he wants for me. So that is a way of asking in the right kind of manner. Being able, do I ask for this? Do I ask for that? Here's the thing to remember. One, don't make it about the request. If you're asking God for things, make sure that you're just not so focused on the request that you're leaving out the relationship part that as you pray and as you seek and as you wonder what he wants for you. That's a lose-lose situation for you if that's the case. On the other hand, like what we've seen, just know there are things that God already wants for you. Read his word. Look at what he wants. Ask for those things. Those are in his word, and it also develops your relationship with him. Now, every single thing in life that we would ask for is not necessarily listed in the Bible. Okay? So if you're, God, do you want me to have this boat? 
I'm looking through. I did a concordance search. I went to Bible Gateway, and I did a search on boat, and the only thing I could come up close with was something like an ark. Oh, that means, God, you want me to have a big boat, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the specifics are not in there. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, there are some things, I think, that we may spend a little too much time asking God for that we shouldn't be asking for. There are some things to God, I think, that are almost kind of neutral. They're not against His will. They, what, they're not immoral. They're not illegal. They're not bad things. They're just things that we could have. And God, I think God would probably just say, yeah, that's good. Just go ahead. You know, there are some things that fall into that category. But on the things that we wonder about, does God really want this for me? Does God want this for my life? God, what do you want for my life? Especially, we need to be looking in conjunction with what the Scripture says to say, those are the things that I'm going to ask for him. God, do you, you, know, God do, you, do you really want me to hold a grudge and to be angry? Well, if we do a little research and look, we'll realize God does not want that for us. It's not good for us. So our prayer becomes, God, help me to have the right attitude. Help me not to hold a grudge. Help me to have the right attitude with these people that I've got a problem with. Help me to respond in the right way. If I'm walking around all the time and I'm miserable in life, and I say I'm a believer, but I'm just miserable in life, you can look and see that Jesus said that he'd come to give us life and have life more abundantly, that he wants us not to walk around and just endure our existence here. He wants us to enjoy it and to be a blessing to other people. So begin to pray that God would give you that joy and that abundant life that he's already said he wants you to have. That's kind of a practical way of doing that kind of thing. And that way, we're not focusing on the request. We're focusing on how it deals with our relationship with God. Does that make sense? Well, good. Because I don't have anything else to say if it doesn't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm done, right? I am going to ask the band if you guys would come up. And here's what I want you to do. Just kind of think about this this morning as the band uh, comes up. If you would just uh, just close your eyes, I'm not going to do anything weird, not going to make you do anything weird. Closing your eyes is not more holy than leaving your eyes open, but it often does help you to tune out uh, distractions when you're in a group setting like this. So just close your eyes, and here's what I want you to think about as far as the action for this message this morning. Just evaluate between you and God right now, just... Maybe you could kind of repeat this, uh, what I'm going to say. You could kind of repeat this to God if, if you would need to. Just, God, what are my requests really about? When I'm asking things of you, God, am I really asking because I want something or am I asking in a way that would help me to really understand the benefit of developing my relationship with you? Just kind of throw that out to God. Let God, God speak to you with that. Maybe there's something right now and it's been something, it's, it's burdening you, it's on your heart, it's constantly on your mind, you're constantly thinking about it, you find yourself constantly praying to God and asking Him for a particular request. Even in the midst of that, would you say, God, have I become so focused on the request that I have left out building my relationship with you?
Now, it's not a magic pill. And it's not a magic answer. But maybe you could say, and maybe God's saying to you, yeah, you are really kind of focused on the request. You need to be more interested in what I'm doing in you through this than what I can give for it to you. It doesn't mean that he's not going to give you what you want. It doesn't mean that he will give you what you want. But what it will mean is that you will have your request in the proper perspective and it will be all about what he wants for you and you developing your relationship with him. That is a win-win situation. Granted or not, is almost irrelevant when it comes to request. The main thing is that we are developing our relationship with God, trusting that He will do what's right for us to get on the same page with Him and begin to ask in line more with the things that we already know that He wants for us. Now, I know that's hard because there are things that could be on your mind this morning that are real burdens, and there are real things that you, you just can see God... Can you please just do this? God, can you please just do that? And those things are real to us. But don't let the burden of that situation allow you to focus only on the request. God wants you to focus on Him because the truth is He's the only one that can change it anyway. Maybe in your relationship with other people you realize, you know what, I'm a pretty selfish person. I can look and I can see the relationships that I have messed up because of my selfishness. And it's been because of what I wanted. Ask God to help you to focus on Him and others more than you just focus on your own selfish needs. God, today we thank you that we have examples in, in your word where everybody's not perfect. It kind of helps us a little bit to realize there were people long, long ago who followed you, who, who were really at some time or another intent about wanting to do what you want, and they, they still mess up. And, they, and this example, that they, they still just had their priorities wrong. They were just focused completely on the wrong thing. And as, as negative as that is, Lord, in, in some ways it's encouraging to us to know that, that we can fit right in that same category. And Lord, our heart is to serve you. Our heart is to love you and to want to know what you want for us. And sometimes our own selfishness, frankly, it just gets in the way. So I pray that you help all of us today, Lord, as we're seeking you to focus on building our relationship with you. And that if there are things that we're requesting, that, to know that you're okay with that, but we don't be, that we're not consumed by the request. We're more interested in what you're doing in us and through us as we're seeking you with that request. So help us to make sense of that today and to apply that to our lives in Jesus' name.